Goodbye, my friends, the metaphysical musings of a mentally ill magician making his way through this multiverse of madness. I am said mentally ill magician, podcasting's Danny Buckler. If you're listening to this show, thank you so much for your attention. If you are watching the YouTube version and thus able to follow my weight loss journey, um, hit subscribe, hit like, hit the notification bell. Thank you, not just for Borderline, but for all the other content I've got planned that's coming your way. I'm going to try and do some travel videos on this next contract. I'm leaving in the morning. Think of budget Bourdain. Think <laughs> think Anthony Bourdain, but with his phone and that's it. But yeah, I'm going to try and do some little videos and put them up on the channel along with the usual sort of metaphysical and non-dual musings. And I'm just sitting here right now enjoying, speaking of non-duality and spirituality and all things slightly hippy, I'm sitting here enjoying the beautiful scent of the incense that you can only get at the Chakra Rooms Rams Bottom. Oh, it's a lovely smell. I'm telling you, pounds, shilling and pence, they stock the best scents. This really is the one. In fact, I might have been off this recording, just sit here and sniff that. But I won't. God, put in the work, haven't you? Go make yourself do it, even when you're not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Got to be up in the morning. But I'm going to push through anyway and create this episode for you, the people. Cheers. Mm. Because today we're talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi, the television series, uh, the Star Wars series that just dropped on the Disney Plus. Four episodes in at the time of recording. And I've seen all of them. There'll be very mild spoilers in this. If you've not seen it yet and you're holding fire then you maybe pause this episode and come back when you have mild spoilers. Nothing to, no plot twists or nothing, just character stuff and some things that I've I've observed in watching it. I've been excited for this series since it was announced. And it seems like it was announced 500 years ago. It was a, it's been a long time coming, this one. It was one of the first series announced and the last ones to appear. Obviously, COVID didn't help that, but a TV series, an episodic series, telling me what happened to Obi-Wan Kenobi between The Revenge of the Sith and uh, a new hope is exactly what I fancied. You know what I mean? That that that's you know spoke to me more than the others. Now, obviously, when it comes to Star Wars television, the defining jewel in the crown is the Mandalorian, because it so gets it right. The Mandalorian. I mean, that is just perfection on earth. That you know, I'm very keen. Very, I've got to be a bit wary of. Uh, I don't want to critique critique the Star Wars too much for the simple reason that one day I want to be in it. You know, simple as that. Not giving up, mate. Not giving up on the career just yet. You know, it might seem, you know, I'm, I'm, I am love the career I've got, but not giving up. I still, you know, good things could still happen, but not if I slag off the product on here. Can you imagine? Three years time. Who's playing Quinn Vos Jin, the new sexy Jedi in town? Danny Buckler, guy we found off the internet. He's ever such a good raconteur. I've listened to his podcast, Borderline, it's amazing. Oh, think I'll choose an archive uh, episode. Oh, episode 18, he talked about Obi-Wan. What's he got to say about that? Yep, sack him. Sack him. That's been on the end. Just cussing us out. Sack him. No, no, mate. Nothing of that from him. I love the Star Wars completely. And uh, fully intent to sell out at the first opportunity. But to Mandalorian sets the, the, the to me, sets the mould. That's, that's as good as it gets. The Book of Boba Fett, very close second. Now, this is the weird one where I can, you know, when something's, something's good and something's not as good, but you can, you can, when you, right, being objective, I can, one of my many superpowers is that I can tell when something's good and something isn't, but I might like the thing that isn't more because I just do. But I also acknowledge the fact that it's not as good. Does that make sense? So, for example, the first series of Black Adder, 
is no way, no way the best series of Blackadder. But for some reason, it's my favourite. Because I just like the way it was filmed and the time it was filmed. And I find it, you know, an entertaining thing. But I also know that Blackadder 2 is the best series of Blackadder. And Blackadder goes fourth, a close second. Then it's Blackadder the third. And Blackadder, is, the Blackadder, is not the best series. But it's my favourite. So, same with this. I know that The Mandalorian is a better show than Boba Fett. But I like Boba Fett more because I just like Boba Fett. There you go. And I like Tamura Morrison in that role. Um, but I was really excited for a bit of Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan has got what the Mandalorian and Boba Fett don't have, which is Jedis, or specifically one Jedi. And I was hoping for more, you know, but um, the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the most powerful of all the Jedi. There's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Now, oh, I can do a much better Alec Guinness than that. I should have warmed up. If you strike me down, you become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. These aren't the droids you're looking for. It's weird. I'm recording this. I've got a webcam set up on like a tripod. I want to try and get a photograph of it because it does look like I'm doing this to a Star Wars droid. <laughs> but yes, Obi-Wan the series. What's he been up to? Where's he been? Now, there's stuff about this show I absolutely love. And a few niggly things. I'm not going to give any spoilers here. Well, minor, very minor spoilers. I mean, but nothing that you won't have already had spoiled for you if you've seen a trailer. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I'm pretty sure you know the show is about Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, you know, and, and you've got to have been, first one coming up, you've got to have been living in the sand dunes of Tatooine. Going with the Boba Fett pronunciation there. Tatooine. You've got to be living on the on the on the on the, the sand desert of Tatooine to not know that Darth Vader's going to be popping up at some point. Played by Hayden Christensen for the first time since the uh, prequel trilogy, so we'll have a little dig around that in a minute. But I love it. I'm excited for it because you know I'm star wars is a thing i mean batman's the thing but star wars has been a fairly major thing for me over the years there was always this weird thing growing up you were either a star trek or a star wars person which i never quite got because i was always a bit of both but star wars just egged out star trek and the reason was magic space wizards the jedi knights i i was just drawn to that idea so much the the idea that there was this uh, race of Warrior monks with swords made out of lasers that followed this code that gave them mastery of the living force. It flows through us, it binds us together. This wonderful network that made more sense to me than what I was learning at school. You know, not to get too sort of controversial, but the Bible weren't cutting it. I'd rather believe in the force than the angry old man in the sky. And um, it made more sense to me. And I'm quite the student of oriental mysticism. I don't know if I've mentioned it on this podcast. But um, I'm drawn to those ideas. I'm drawn to Zen. I'm drawn to the Tao. I'm drawn very much to the Tao. I'm drawn to non-duality, Advaita Vedanta, um, Kashmir Shaivism. I may be pronouncing that wrong, but I'm sure I'm not. <laughs> the, 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 the teaching, these teachings are drawn to me and I, and I knew a wizard. I had a Jedi in my life, a real life one. I'm going to do some, a show about, I'll tell you more about him, but... um. Yeah, and he he bloody he was a, a, tai, a tai Chi Taoist master, and for all intents and purposes, he followed the flow of the Force, um, wherever it led him, and it did lead him to some, some strange and bizarre places. Epic of a life, mm. and I was his pod one. 
26 years of it, man. What a time. What a time. I saw him do miracles. I saw him do the force trick once. Um, for, for the, I'm talking about a guy called Stephen Russell who wrote books under the name of the Barefoot Doctor. My One of my closest friends for 26 years. From the day I met him to the day he died, I think it was maybe three days in between us speaking was the longest it went. You know, and um, we were at a club. We, we did this club night called the Geisha Palace, which was uh, a beautiful night. And... Um, He'd have the whole thing set up like Kill Bill because it was styled after sort of Taoism. It was like a, so it was made to look like a, you know, a, an Oriental set. Beautiful looking though. No cultural appropriation, just cool. In Notting Hill and people would come and uh, it was a club night. So the first hour or so of the night when it was quiet, he would offer, um, he was a healer and he would offer healings. Now by healings, I don't mean putting his hands on your head and pretending you were better. I mean, he was he would deep massage, you know, Thai massage and different things he would do. Like it was a fun thing. You got something out of it. He made you more relaxed. Um, and we also had a guy there doing acupuncture and stuff like this. And there was a fortune teller. You'd go into her tent and have your tarot cards read. And I was there doing close up magic at the time. I do magic for people around and about the place. We were all like characters in a story. And then when that hour was up, it turned into a proper club night. He'd get on the microphone and he'd talk over beats and. And he had this ability to do that. He could talk over music and get people into a really good trance. You know, it was sort of like the side trance type thing with, with his words. And he used to craft these evenings. They were brilliant and they always ran. This was at the peak of his powers. Anyway, so we're doing this night and some a lady turns up with her friends and she's late for the first part. The, the first part of the night's done. Clearly advertised it's done by eight. And then it's a club night. We're now at half past nine. So we've all had a, well, I don't drink, but they've all had a drink. He was launching his health drink. That's what it was. He came up with his health drink. That I've got to be honest. It tasted like um, it was called Barefoot Doctor's Chi Juice or something. Um, oh, he was a master of the branding. And I've got to be honest with you. It tasted like Purdy's after it's been through a camel's bladder. It was rank. And um, so we've all, we've all got bottles of this this drink, and we're trying to choke it down. He's mixing it with like gin. Oh, it's a great mixer. And he's putting like a a drop, like a teaspoonful, in with his like a pint of gin, and a kind of, pardon me, nicely timed belch, try and cover the taste. But even he knew it was a bit, a hard thing to get down. It didn't last. I think that was only, there was only one batch ever made. But, you know, it was fun. And this, uh, this lady turns up. Now, she's late. She's late for what she wants. She wants to be, and she's a bit mad. She, she's not buying into the fun of the event. She needs to be healed, man, because there's like demons chasing her and... Uh, She's come here because she's heard he's a powerful light worker and his demons. But now he's half cut and the, and the night's on, you know, and he's trying to get this, the DJ set lined up. So very kindly, he says to her, um, look, I'm sorry, you're a bit late for the, the healing, but, you know, we'll do another one of these next week. Come back and then we'll do it before, you know, at the appropriate time or no, no, no. I went now. No, I went now. You, you jump, jump to my tune. I want it now. Well, I would love to do it, but we're running a night. And blah, 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 blah. I went now. Really nasty she got. like, And she turned really nasty. She was effing and jeffing and shouting at the bar and screaming. And her mates are going, oh, come on, don't embarrass yourself. But no, she's not having it. Right in his face. And it looked like she was going to get violent. I mean, it looked like she was going to try and scratch him or hit him, you know? And he literally did the, the Jedi mind trick. I remember, I remember his hand went up. No, 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 no. 
Uh, what I later found out was the shingy kind of... Uh, <laughs> when you do shingy, it's how you're supposed to keep your hands. Or bagua, it was the bagua palm. But anyway, he holds it up his hand. Na, na, na. The most peaceful look on his face. Na, 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 na. And all the tension dropped out of her features. It was weird. And her shoulders dropped. And she just went, oh, I'm so sorry. I've lost my temper like that. And uh, I'll come back next week. And he sort of smiled and nodded. And she turned and off she walked out the door. And I'm like watching this. Jesus Christ, this is like the, the real Jedi shit. Teach me, old man. Teach me your secrets of the chi. And he did. Do you believe that story? I'm telling you it's true. It happened. My own eyes saw it. Whether he used the force or whether it was just a calming gesture or whether he just picked up on, she picked up on his body language or whether he did, I don't know. I just, I'm just telling you what I saw. Reportage. I'm not saying how it happened. I'm just saying it happened. Could be a completely rational reason for it. Could just be coincidence. She might just have calmed down. I don't know. But that's what I saw. Take it as you will. It's weird though. I all these. I know there's all these. I've got friends in the skeptic community. You know what I mean? Who are probably listen to this podcast right now and going, Richard Dawkins. You know. Yeah, you're probably. It's probably the confirmation bias, and you're just. There's no magic in the world. They may well be right, but I'd. Uh, I like to believe I saw a Jedi in action. So Obi Wan Kenobi the series. Um. It's Obi-Wan. He's on Tatooine. This is, again, not a spoiler, because if you know Star Wars, you know that Obi-Wan is on Tatooine, has accepted the mission to protect Luke Skywalker. But from afar, he's respecting boundaries. You know, Luke is being raised the life of a farm hand by his uncle Owen, while his sister Leia is being raised in a royal palace by um, royalty, which if I were Luke Skywalker would piss me off no end when I found that out. All right, I lost the toss, did I? I lost the divvy. Oh yeah, she got the royal palace and I got to grow up in uh, the backs of the beyond in a, a grotto. Cheers. Thanks for whoever rolled those dice. But there you go. Luke is uh, approximately, I'm guessing, 10 years old in this, maybe a bit younger. And um, and there we are. And Obi-Wan is uh, living a quiet life. Now, this is what I wanted. Uh, when I was fantasizing about this show, I wanted it to be like Obi-Wan Kenobi as... Um, where are we for time? All loads. Obi-Wan Kenobi as a kind of uh, cane in Kung Fu on Tatooine. Tatooine. I wanted him sort of wandering around, like keeping low, lowly. and But, but you know, don't push the Jedi too far because, you know, boom, boom, you know, he'd spring a move. But no, I wanted Alec Guinness in the in the A New Hope. I wanted that scene in the bar. This little one's no trouble. Let me get you something. But then when push comes to shove, you know, that's what I want. And then what I've got is a sort of broken PTSD Obi. What nothing wrong with that? It's very real. But you know, PTSD is a real thing. Don't I know about that? Jesus! What are my many fascinating diagnoses? How did I get it? That's a secret. But trust me, it's in there, deep and all. Oh, that thing will come up and seize your brain. It's like a thief that lives in your nervous system. And you'll never know what it will be, but something will set it off and up it comes like a, a black hand from your guts. And it seizes your brain and it seizes your reason and it seizes everything. It seizes your whole nervous system. And that's when if you the mindfulness then kicks in and the things you practiced 
and the you know and that's when you realize that all this meditation stuff that you're doing is not nonsense because if it weren't for that this thing would have you and you'd be gone for weeks but because you've got something it'll have you for a little while maybe but um if it gets a hold but it won't be nearly as long as it would have done if you hadn't hadn't done a bit of sitting what i'm saying is learn some meditation stuff if that's what you've got anyway and this is what Obi-Wan's got. He's traumatised. He's working in some sort of uh, Tatooine. It looks like a fish plant. I mean, it's a desert planet and he's carving up tuna. So I don't know how that works. But he's working in like a sushi bar, like a sushi place, slicing up this meat and keeping himself down and low and not being... But this is my first thing. It Again, minor spoiler coming up, but he's let the Jedi way go completely in this. You know, and it's like, well, why would you... You're there. Well, then why stay on Tatooine then? You know what I mean? If you're going to let it go and just live the life of a humble hermit and not even practice any of your stuff. He's buried his lightsaber out in the desert, so he can't even use that. Well, then then what use are you to the kids you're protecting? Why be there then? You know, because you, if you can't, if you're not maintaining the skills, son, if push came to shove, what are you going to do? You know, and when it comes at him, like, you Obi-Wan Kenobi, oh, I don't know who that is, and... Uh, Oh, give up these fanciful notions. I'm not that man anymore. I'm not that man. I'm useless. I don't know. Then leave. If you're not that man and you're useless, then what good are you to this kid? And then the next sentence is like, you know, uh, I need to go on a mission, Obi-Wan. And only you can do this. Well, I'm telling you, I can't. I'm not that man. I haven't got those skills. But then he's going, two, two scenes later, he's saying to the uncle, the boy must be trained in the force. By you, who've given up on it. Or are you going to train him then? Stuff you've not practised for 10 years. Makes no sense to me that. That's not my... I would like him to be working in the sushi place. And then when he gets home to his, his digs, there's a secret room. A meditation chamber where he still sits and breathes the living force. And practises the Jedi ways, the code and all that. You know, that stuff don't leave you. It doesn't... Or it shouldn't do. Um. Yeah. Don't, so I don't like that. I want him to be maintaining his Jedi. And I'm sure as the plot evolves, he's going to get it back. I mean, there's signs that he's going to slowly... It'll be, it's the old warrior coming back, isn't it? And refinding himself. Which is a trope I love. The old warrior refinding himself is second only to the young warrior find himself in tropes that I enjoy. I like... Because I want it to be real. I want them masters to be out there. When I was a young man, I wanted to be the Jedi Padawan. I wanted to be the learner. I wanted to be Bruce Wayne, learning all this cool shit that you don't get from the mainstream. And, and now as an older man, I still want it to be real. I want the Force to be real. I think it might be. I've known some powerful Force wielders. I tell you this, you watch Ben Earl do close-up magic for someone in the right set and setting. A layperson. A layman's a magicians used to describe people that don't know the, the secrets of sleight of hand and magic it's not a diss um you see ben earl do magic for a group of people that, that don't and just with like a coin or a deck of cards and no prep that's the key to seeing him at his best no prep and um it's like he can control their, their minds he can control with will alone you don't see any of the malarkey. You don't see any of the... Just things happen around you. It's incredible. And if you are a magician, by the way, he teaches how to do it. He's got a thing set up. Uh, the family. I'm sure if you're a magician, you already know about that. But he's a powerful force wielder. You know, that, that to me is like the real force. Or when you see a great comedian, and they've got the 
the crowd's attention and they're, and they're steering the crowd through an experience. Like Sean Walsh is a great example of that. He's, he's created a world and he guides them through it. And when it's good, oh, that's the force. But I also want the force where you move stuff with your mind to be real. Do you know what I mean? Let's <laughs> not pretend otherwise. I want make, to make things float. I live in a fantasy world. I know I do. And that's why I'm not successful because too much fantasy, not enough reality. You know, there you go. Couldn't help it. You're born where you're born. But that trope of the old warrior coming back, that's the way they're going. But it don't quite work with this because he's not lost his mission. His mission's still there. He's still doing his mission. He's just not doing it properly. And he's buried his lightsaber out in the desert. So again, right there, what happens if something happens with this kid? Stormtroopers turn up looking for the kid. Well, I'm going to defend him. That's the mission that I've chosen. Now, if you could just wait three hours while I go and find my lightsaber. I buried it somewhere out there on the sands of Tatooine. Let me get my uh, get out there. And I've got a, a horse for a speedy way of getting out there. I'm going to ride out on this weird Star Wars horse. That isn't a horse, like a, a Loch Ness monster thing. Out we go. Travelling in single file to protect our numbers, even though there's only one of us. I'm sure I left it here somewhere, and I'm sure those stormtroopers are waiting for me to come back. Oh, here it is. Still works, right? Let's get back. No! He'd keep it handy. He'd have it to hand, you know? Even if he'd let that shit go, he'd still have his lightsaber to hand anyway. This is the writing of the show. Um, and the other thing that's interesting to me, so Darth Vader's in it. Now, Hayden Christensen is playing Darth Vader, and I'm not sure why. I mean, I am sure why, because he played Anakin Skywalker, but he's in the suit, could be anybody. So I'm assuming we're going to get either a flashback or a, a moments with the helmet off or something to justify his presence. But as of now, he's appeared in two episodes. Now, they have got this right. This Vader in this is as terrifying as he was in them last three minutes of Rogue One. He's scary, which is what he should be. Proper scary. There's something about that helmet design. Forgive me, my nose is itching from this incense. <laughs> I had this idea, I'll burn this incense, create a little smoke, a little ambience here in the studio, a little scent. And now I'm choking on the stuff. But um, <laughs> I didn't think this through at all. So Vader in this is furious. And he's... That, that helmet design is quite weird in that it can look terrifying, but there's moments in Return of the Jedi... When he's starting to come back to the light side of the force. I'm sure it's just a trick of cinematography. The helmet don't change. But just the angle of the head and the droop of the shoulders. And that helmet becomes a sad face. It can be terrifying. But it can also be a sad... It's odd. What? Have a look. See, you'll see what I mean. In Return of the Jedi, when he's coming back to the light side of the force. That helmet kind of conveys more. It's a very interesting design. Um... But in this, it's pure terror. I mean, there's a, the scenes where he comes through that village. Jesus. Woom, woom, using the force like a right bastard. Like literally picking things up and just throwing them. And he's, ang he's angry. This is new Vader. He's been in that suit for 10 years and he's pissed off about it. Um, and this is another thing that's slightly... Um, I'm not sure how I feel about this. I'm sure this will be explained in the course of it. But the main villain in the show is Reva, I think is her name. Let me just double check that. Because I want to get my facts right here. I've only watched it last night. So bear with us. I will cut this bit out of me looking at my phone. Or will I leave it in for authenticity? <laughs> if you've stuck it with it this far, trust me. I might leave it in. 
I've lost most of you by this point already, I'm sure. If my YouTube stats are... Reaver is the name of the villain, yes. So Reaver is uh, an Inquisitor. She's a, she's a Jedi hunter. Um, and Vader has dispatched her to find Obi-Wan Kenobi, but which she does. And there's a scene where she's, she is the... Because the universe doesn't know that Anakin Skywalker is still alive and that he is Darth Vader now. They don't, that's a secret. And this is um, when Obi-Wan finds... Like, spoilers! He finds out because Reva shouts at him, You can't hide from him, Obi-Wan! Anakin Skywalker is alive and he's Darth Vader and he's coming for you! Now, my question here is, how does she know? Right? So presumably he's told her. The only way she can know that is if he's sat her down and told Either he or Emperor Palpatine has sat her down and told her. And she don't work for Palpatine. She works for Vader. So it's him. He's sat her down and he's told her. Now, so the Star Wars Darth Vader, the new hope Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Rogue One, Darth Vader. There's no messing about with this man. Do you know what I mean? You don't, you don't mess with him. No one does. Or you get the message. You know, you get the force choke. If you even look at him funny. So he's told her that he's Anakin Skywalker. Now, I don't have that. How did that happen? Did she ask him? You know what I mean? Was it a case of like, you go down to Tatooine and find Obi-Wan Kenobi. Bring him to me. Oh, why are you so interested in Obi-Wan Kenobi for, boss? You know, like, if she asked original Vader that straight away. Don't choke on your questions. You know what I mean? He should have got the, the, the thing. But apparently that's not what happened. Either she asked him, what's the deal with this Obi-Wan Kenobi then? Well, I'll tell you. So pull up a chair and... Uh, I'm not going to believe this story. Jesus, there I was. If you've got a, a zoot on you, you might need one for this. There I was trying to mind my own business. I had this girlfriend and everything. And then this arsehole comes along and he... Cuts off my legs and arms, would you believe it? And that's why I'm stuck in this bastard thing. Oh, it's really gripping my shit. Let me tell you. We need to get... You know, is that what happened? Or did he just offer this information without her even asking? Go to Tatooine and bring me Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'll tell you why. I'm sure you've heard of Anakin Skywalker, yeah? I mean, that guy was the shit, am I right? Well, guess what happened to him? You're not going to believe this one. Let me get my helmet off. I mean, you know, it doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. How are we doing on time? Oh, we're on time. So there's my initial thoughts on Obi-Wan Kenobi, the new Star Wars Disney Plus series. I'm, I'm out of time here, gang. So come on back for the next Borderline. I'll be here. And uh, yeah, please keep sharing the words. Keep spreading the, 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 the rumours. And um, I will see you on the very next episode of Borderline. Take care, gang. Have a good week.